Hello and welcome to the Get Snatty Podcast, Episode 2. My guest today is Frank Bonacci. <clears throat> Excuse me, Frank Bonacci, super Italian. Frankie really <clears throat> is a podcaster, a filmmaker, works in film, and generally hilarious dude. I've known this guy for about 20 years, he's never failed to oh make me laugh. Isn't that fucking crazy how we're getting old? Well, what do you think? You know, ne- ne- <laughs> next stop, death. Welcome to middle age. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> uh, Frankie, what did I leave out there? I don't know. I'm, uh, I have a dog. Yeah, his his wife runs a dog TikTok account, which is very popular and very fun. We'd show you the dog, but I don't yeah, know. she's temperamental. She'll, she'll come over, yeah. Yeah. She's she's very sweet, little Chihuahua. Uh, Pip is her name. Oh, I work for Bloody Disgusting. Uh, Bloody Disgusting is the our network that our shows are on. Zoning Out podcast. And uh, draft classes uh, solo right now. It's not with any network. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, my scum of the earth interviews, where I interview horror filmmakers and horror, like cult film people. Frankie's what you'd call a a mover and a shaker. Oh, and I do audio dramas too. We and do, audio dramas. Yes, we just had uh, Seclusion, which on episode four has just aired. It's a, a thriller, like a murder thriller. It's really good. I didn't write that. That's my friend John Sachs wrote that. I play somebody in a party, and I did some post-production work on it. So he's got a lot of shit going on. Way more than me. I, I sit in my room all day and, and make TikToks. And... Well, that's what I do. I do all this. I don't leave the house. It's weird. It's weird. My life has become weird in that it's just I'll be sitting at my desk, and then like a celebrity will just like come on my screen, like Pee Wee's Playhouse will just come on my screen. It's like, hi, it's ready for your interview. And I'm like, it's just all a blur. I don't like get up all day. I'm usually sitting there all day at my desk. Do you miss um, having, like, and I'm projecting here a bit, do you miss having, like, structure to your days the way you used to when you would have jobs? No, actually, you know, it's funny. I actually have more structure now than I ever did with film. Because film is very, you never know what your schedule is going to be. You don't even know if you're going to be working in any given week. You're going to be just running around trying to uh, trying to book jobs. With this, is just very consistent. It's like Tuesdays and Thursdays I edit my shows. Uh, Wednesday, I do either an interview, and it's just I have set time that I know how long each thing's gonna take, and I like you know it's actually more structured now than I ever had with film. I honestly hate film now. I don't want to go back, <laughs> even though we are going back. <laughs> <clears throat> um, that's actually lovely for me to hear. You know, a big reason why why I started this podcast, full disclosure, is that I, I've stumbled on a way to earn a living, but I like don't do a lot in my days, and like I like. I'm not one of those people who, like, I need to wake up at 8 and, like, be busy. But I do need, like, a little structure. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sitting in my apartment all day watching Star Trek clips on YouTube, making a TikTok. And then it's like, okay, done for the day. Yeah. So, like, this podcast, you know, I have to, like, edit and, like, keep a schedule. Drove out the fucking way deep into Brooklyn. We're, like, you hear the term outer boroughs? We're in Sheep, Sheepshead Bay. This is, like... It's oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, we're deep. It's funny. King I never of Queens style. Of, I've lived in this area my whole life, and I never thought of it as South Brooklyn. I just thought it was Brooklyn. And uh, the areas where everybody lives now was just downtown Brooklyn. Right, Where all right. the kids live. And they're like, oh, you're deep in there. I'm like, fuck you. Like some kid from Kentucky I'll meet like on set and be like, wow, you're deep in there, huh? I'm like, deep? But I don't fucking live in the hollows like you, you piece of shit. Here's something. I'm going to get a little controversial here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a New Jerseyan. You're, you're a Brooklynite. Right. We're from like the same general area. Right. Nothing grinds my gears more than someone who just moved here from Iowa because they love sex in the city. Oh. 
and thinking they have opinions that are valid about everything. Specifically, like, ew, Jersey's like, you live in a box on the Lower East Side. You dip your pizza crust into ranch dressing. You need to, you need to back up and, and you know, know your role. Sorry, we don't. You know how they say New Yorkers don't like don't like other oh, people. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I, <laughs> it's it's true. And that's we're raised this way. We don't we don't mean to be. And when you work in film, that's all you work with are people who've never like who are here maybe the last two years, and they're telling you where everything is and like. Oh, here's the good place to eat. It's like, oh, fuck you, yeah, 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 it's Get like, away from me. Exactly. Billy. You're just a hill... Honestly, you could be... As soon as you leave the tri-state, you're a hillbilly to me, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Until you get to L.A. And I would think, you can agree or disagree, that it's exacerbated for us personally as Italian-Americans. Yes. Because there's this added, like, if, you know, you don't know... If you say manicotti, oh. you're like, something's like, well, you know, what do you... What do you, what do you how do you say Barcelona? mozzarella? <laughs> That's so cool. Can you say that again? It's like, look, uh, come here, Edie, come here. Sorry. Wh- what gets me the worst is when they're like, "Why do you say it like that? Why do you say mozzarella?" It's like I don't know. I was, that's the way I learned how to fucking say it. Yeah. They're like, well, that's not the real way they say it in Italy. Well, well, I'm from fucking New Jersey, and that's how people right here say it. Sorry. You notice that every when you know we should start a new podcast just called Italian Americans Wine. Oh. About <laughs> Still got the podcast. <laughs> Gabba uh, goo. <laughs> Gabba, get out of my city. Uh, so, uh, Gabba, go back to When did everybody Missouri. get this mutually agreed upon region neutral accent? When did that happen? Like, I don't know. I think I've adopted it. I just can't help it. But it's just like, where did that come from? Where everybody meets sounds a certain way. They all like, they don't sound like they're from anywhere. You're talking about the Midwestern neutral yes. that's aspired to by people in broadcasting. Which, we all do a certain amount of code switching. Yes. Um, I do it on sets. I'm doing it right now, even though I don't realize it, because I get real greasy as soon as this is off. I'm like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and when I just said, we all do a certain amount of code switching. <laughs> yeah. the, the weird thing is, like, the, the, the American accents on the East Coast are more uh, directly descended from British English at yes. the time, which is strange. Um, I, I want to say that Midwestern neutral just came about from being far away from all these different regional accents and then having like Germans move there. But I don't know. And I, I don't know. It, first of all, I didn't even really know I had a thick accent at all at all until I lived in California for a year. Oh, yeah. I was like, Oh, apparently I do have an accent. Oh, it's a novelty when you go out of New York. It's like when I lived in, I used to live in North Carolina for a little while and they loved it. And it's just like, and particularly it, women. Women love the fucking accent. I think it's just guttural and gross, to be quite honest with you. But it's yeah, funny. It's like, to them, it's something they're like, like ooh. Something you usually try to, like, hide yeah, here. I, and they're like, ooh, he sounds like a monster. It's like, I, I, I was a fat kid growing up. Yeah. Like, I played Nintendo and I like Star right. Trek. But, but sure. <laughs> We're about to, yeah. me some sort of I podcast. It's on the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But you were talking about, like, before we the camera on we were talking about star trek and how i'm not the biggest which you would think i would be like knowing me for like all these years that i'm like the biggest nerd i'm a working knowledge of it that's i'm a trekkie you're not i too until i was 30 was just by by nerd osmosis i i just knew more about star trek star trek than a normie yes um I watched all of Next Generation, I don't know, 34, 35, and 46 now. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. It just, it like, I don't want to say it took over my life, but like, it kind of took took over my life. 
And <clears throat> everything you like about, uh, I don't know, this is just me saying, please watch. Here, here's the root of this. Mm-hmm. Please watch TNG and then watch the latest season of Picard so I have one more person to talk about. Literally the only person in my life who I could talk to about Star Trek is my girlfriend, Josh Wallen, who, you know, just by living with me has been forced to become a Star Trek fan. <clears throat> oh, so is that was one of the first things you did with her, or just like, okay, you're gonna watch Star Trek? Is like that you did, like you know, you break the person you're with in. Oh, I, I have, I have a way to break someone into Star Trek: The Next Generation. You start with a episode in season four called Data's Day, which is a great little. You know how they do like mini pilots to like, we got new new viewers. And this is right after the Borg episode that everyone talked yes. about. So they do like a little <clears throat> mini pilot to like <clears throat> show you the cast, how the show works, and it's Data writing a journaling his day for a. A robot scientist and I like have a little interaction with each member uh, of the cast. It's one of those concepts where it's just like it's all from his perspective, like how the show runs. Right, and how he like, and like Commander Riker, I've noticed, does very well with women. Uh, part of it's his easy charm. It's, I too would one day like to learn to be human. It's like Charlie work from uh, It's Always Sunny where you see the gangs doing this scheme with steak. Yes, it is like. <laughs> where it's all from Charlie's perspective or being frank. We talk a lot on our shows about Always Sunny. I know you're I, a fan. It's one of my favorite shows ever. It's it's probably in my top four. And when I when I when I say my top four, I'm like, do I just like half hour comedies more than anything else? Um, no, I think I yeah I do too. I think I do. I'm not the biggest narrative long form thing person watcher thing person. Do you think <laughs> uh, since we both love Always Sunny, how much of that? Do you has, think has to do with the fact that the guys who make that show are pretty much our exact same age? I think so. I mean, like, there's definitely the frame of reference, you know, it's the, like it's, it's exactly similar, right. Mine, yeah. It's like they're right in, like, oh, the, the references they pa- talk about are like, I pulled a clip from my last show where we talked about uh, uh, Flowers for Charlie, where it's just like, where it just becomes a weird backdoor tribute to Police Academy. Right. The whole episode, I'm like, I know that reference. That's familiar. Yeah, if you're in your 40s, you, you saw every Police Academy movie, at least one through four. Um, they also have this... Uh, I saw Citizens on... Oh, what? I saw Citizens on Patrol, that's four. That's four. I've seen four through six in theaters. I've seen City Under Siege. Seven didn't go to theaters. It Five was, was was the beach. Miami Beach. That's I saw that. Swapped the, out, uh, I saw that Gooten. in the theaters. That's why they swapped out the goot. Couldn't it's, afford the Gutenberg They couldn't anymore. get the goot no more. <clears throat> Ooh, you know, uh, you know what would be a good idea for a podcast? Just a... a Steve Gutenberg career retrospective. The Goot. They just call it the Goot Watch. The Goot. He was, you know, you needed an everyman leading man in 1987. Get he me was, Gutenberg. Get the Goot. I mean, like, look, he's headlined three big franchises, the uh, Police Academy, Cocoon, and the Short Circuit. Well, he's only in the first Short Circuit. <clears throat> Number five is alive. I, I, which is, I remember Short Circuit 2 more than I remember Short Circuit 1. I, of course, saw them both. And I actually... I will get never saw never saw Cocoon somehow. I have. Uh, I mean, I was aware of it. And, like my parents rented it like ten times. My dad was a huge Wilford Brimley fan. I, uh, so it was a lot of uh, Remo Williams. The Adventure Begins playing in the house. <laughs> so uh, no, it was funny. I uh, the only thing I remember from Cocoon is a line from Wilford Brimley when he's talking about getting an erection for the first time in years because nice. the Cocoon makes the old people get the. Makes them get more youthful. It goes, yeah. Oh, I'm aware of the premise. <laughs> the audience. <laughs> Cocoon's about a bunch of old people 
in the eighties who meet aliens who make them feel young again and they're like on a beach and they're getting horny. It's like it was like a Viagra commercial yeah. from fifteen years after, but in movie form. Yeah, the only thing I remember from that movie is is Wilfred Brimley talking about his how his dick gets hard, and he goes, "Yeah, cat couldn't scratch it." That's the only line of the only thing I remember in that entire movie. Just goes, "Yeah." A fair but bit of people who watching this are Gen Z, and you have no idea anything we've talked about. <laughs> I don't care. Like, do you want to know what it's like when when Gen Xers, nerdy Gen Xers, talk about yeah. shit? This it's, this is what it looks like. This is, like, all my show is is just me disassociating and completely alienating any potential audience. Because if you listen, I'll just drop a reference and I will give no context to it. Like this one, I, the last episode I did, I just dropped... Hey, I'm going to drop a, a scene from Hot Shots with, like, very little context. And it was just like, here, if you get it, good. If you don't, hmm. <laughs> so, Hot Shots. In the early 90s, there was a... They would make parody movies. I don't know if you ever heard of Airplane by the uh, Zucker Brothers. That was a very funny movie that you should see. Are you talking see. to me or to them? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the oh, audience. You're, saying, like, you're like, I fucking, fucking know. Yo. <laughs> Excuse me? But I'm trying to be a host here. Uh, so there was an Airplane and then they would make these movies. Maybe you might remember like Meet the Spartans or superhero movie in the early 2000s. The, the Freeberg and Seltzer output where they were doing the epic movies. Those guys were horrible. Right. But that's what basically killed the whole genre. Starting with, with Airplane, the, the, the genre got progressively worse. But its heyday commercially was probably the early 90s with stuff, with stuff like Hot Shots. Hot Shots was a... Wrongly accused and like a lot of the Leslie Nielsen loaded weapon, loaded weapon one. Oh my god, that gets referenced a lot on on shows too. I don't know why. It's just like I haven't seen it. I've never seen it either. I remember the box art. I saw it in theaters, and that's the last time I've seen it. But I somehow retained a lot of it that I always wind up coding it. I don't know why. There's not good. (laughs) There's a, a strange phenomenon of unremarkable movies that you only saw once that somehow like stuck with you. In a big way. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one that's like that. It would be nice if I had an example of that phenomenon to. Yeah, I'm actually to bring up, to but like, <laughs> I had like a oh yeah, I know what that thing is, but well, Loaded Weapon One is that movie for me where it's just like I retain a lot of it, like beat for, like if I watch it, I'm like oh this scene's coming up, oh uh, <sighs> Happy Ireland's gonna turn into a beaver as a spoof of uh, there's the beaver shot where they make fun of Basic Instinct and like when she turns around in the chair and you see her uh, hoo ha. Yes. In the original, and this one, Kathy Ireland's basically an analog to that, and uh, she turns around and it's just an actual beaver in the chair. I bet a, I could get Kathy Ireland on this podcast. If you could get Kathy Ireland and her jaw, I would love for you to get her. <laughs> <laughs> Google Kathy Ireland. I'll, if if I figure it out, I'll put a little picture on it like right here. Got a muscular Dang. jaw. Handsome woman. And, <laughs> I and, loved her though. And I, usually that's as a put down, but like truly a, a gorgeous woman, beautiful statuesque woman, but. Quite the jaw. No, no, but that's what I mean. It's like I actually liked her jaw. <laughs> she was attractive. Very attractive. I remember a, there was a, a like, remember those cardboard cutouts of hot chicks at, for like beer ads you see at the oh, liquor yeah. store? There was one of her in a green bathing suit that I thought about stealing so I could gratify myself to it. So, you know, I am not, I am not putting. How old? How old were you then? I was, you know, sexually of age, but still a kid. Maybe like 13 to Oh, yeah. 16. You, you're, you're thinking about landish shit. When you first discover that whole thing, you're doing outlandish shit. It's just like, huh. Well, this actually <laughs> you walk into like a fucking like a deli and you see that standee and you're like this might suit my needs somehow. This podcast is going ways I didn't intend, but I'm actually glad because we can have this conversation. This is going to be a little little education moment for for people who are younger us. 
we came of age before internet pornography was a oh, thing. Yeah. And f- procuring pornography when I was 13 or 14, whatever, was how you learned like critical thinking and problem solving. You did what you could. Yeah. Um, you had to make things that were not necessarily porn into porn. Like Sears catalog sometimes. Might exactly. Have to the belt. Victoria's Secret. Well, that is clutch. If you found a Victoria's Secret, you were fucking... And playing with house money at that point. I remember, remember like the posters they would have at like Spencer Gifts with like the bikini babes? Yes. I would buy those, I roll them up in my closet, and pull them out to use them because I didn't want my mom to know I had oh, God. babes on, on my... But that's what we had to do. And it's like, I don't know how like internet pornography is going to play out over decades and centuries, but like, uh, it's crazy, man. I, it's it's everything it's it's with internet pornography and just about every other I think aspect of media feels a lot less special because you don't have to work for it. Like I could find any movie now that's ever been existed, and it's like if it exists, I could just like quick Google search and I have it. And that that and streaming services like it's all there. It's like with this with this amount of choice we have, it just kind of uh, you get that analysis paralysis sort of thing where yeah, it's, it's like, like I can't much, make a decision. I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, and pornography too. It's just like I don't I mean. Listen, I still love my pornographies, and uh, this is a pro porno podcast. Yes, you know. we just did a, a, a show on our show draft class. We did, you know, uh, we where we our show draft class where we draft our favorites of movies and like essentially a snake style sports draft. We do it. Love that. Uh, and I used to do that to pass the time in restaurant jobs. It was like you have to draft a team, right, to like go to battle with, and it'd be like sports figures and and like. Uh, fictional character saying we going we do uh, we did one with uh, erotic thrillers and that was just nice. like all of us doing our journey of like okay. quickly uh, before internet pornography erotic thrillers were like some of the best shit out there for gratifying yourself I think we were lucky because like thinking about people who came before us we came of age really of maturity at the post basic instinct boom where they were a, like economically viable thing to make erotic thrillers like sliver Sliver. Everyone our age saw Sliver. Piece of shit movie with, with Billy Baldwin. Was it Bill Baldwin? Billy Baldwin. It was one of the Baldwins that was an Alec and Sharon Stone, but everyone knew there was like softcore sex scenes in it, so everyone saw it. Yeah. The Jade, I saw anything with Joe. If Joe Esther Haas' name was in the screenplay, you're like, oh, I'm getting some spank back material tonight. Like, there's that. And then there was like the the cable ones, like the late cable, like the maple, because well, we used to call Skinamax. Skinamax. And like, I preferred Showtime, but same difference. I was an HBO kid. Like I never really, but HBO didn't run like, the, they didn't run smut. They didn't run like, they called it in the uh, New York times TV thing. Erotica. Oh, I'm going to tell you a great, this is a great shared thing from everybody in our generation. So there's a movie called just one of the guys that came out in the eighties. And I know you've seen it. Everybody. I know. Newly topical with trans issues on, on the, uh, <laughs> on the oh, on yeah. the tip of everyone's tongue. <laughs> so there's it's, you got to give a synopsis of the plot. So it's about a girl. She wants to write an article for a school paper. So she decides to see what the experience is of being a boy. So she dresses up as a boy and for for an article. And she falls in love with a guy who becomes her best his her best friend. And uh, at one point, he doesn't believe she's a girl. So she flashes her boobs at him. Now here's the thing. This was in a weird time. This Everyone remembers that shot. Because sh- because we remember it, because it was rated PG or PG-13. For some reason, it slipped. So that was a movie that would play during the day on oh, HBO. You're right. So but- it was like a lot of us, I think it was mine, like first time you ever saw tits. I'm a little older, so probably not. I'm, I'm three years older than you. I remember being shot. I was like, what, what? 
And like every guy you meet of our age would be like, hey, just one of the guys. Yeah, I remember that. You know what? When I think about it. bigger tits were? Because they were really large. They were perfect. They were like, it must be said, they were like a, a magnificent set. They only saw for a second. But it's funny you say they played in the day because if I think back to like it's 1990 or whatever, it's like four in the afternoon when, I, when right. I'm watching that film. Yeah, because right, because it's like, and it's the only time you could see tits that early. And like a lot of times, like, you know, the TV, like your parents would get a little weird about like what you were watching. So it's like, but eh. no one's going to, no one's going to bat an eye at HBO at four o'clock. that yeah. one in. It was a real was, wholesome teen comedy. Yeah. It's actually <clears throat> very good. Billy, part of the, the Billy Zapka, who was the, uh, the villain of every notable 80s teen movie, or the ones that matter, Billy Zapka, who's, uh, was also in that. Another, yes, he was. Yes, yeah. Hey, you kept calling him a tulip, Billy Zapka. Uh, you did? Yeah. I have a, oh, I have a thing signed. I'll show you. It's a, it's the uh, karate tournament thing signed signed by him, Martin Cove, and Ralph Macchio. I met him at a con. I met him twice at a con, Billy Zapka. Was before. this pre-pre? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is when Bellinius. he was like, this is when it was affordable to get an autograph from him. Like, you know, that whole crew. Like, you just wind up, it's like, here's 100 bucks, and like, you have autographs from basically everybody in the film. Before Cobra Kai is Before Cobra saying. Kai. Before it became like a part, like a real... I saw Ralph Macchio maybe in 2007 at the Hudson News at Penn Station. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's Ralph Macchio. <laughs> it's weird when you run those... I, I remember seeing Norm MacDonald in... Uh, uh, what's the, in Tempe, Arizona, at the airport in Arizona, just like just hanging out, just sitting there reading. Like, uh, and you know, you don't know what you don't know what to say. I'm not going to go up to Norm McDonald, so I just like, oh, look, Norm McDonald just sitting there reading the paper. I'll tell you, and maybe it's because I I have just the amount of notoriety that it's like fun, but people rec- coming up to me and recognizing me. And Do saying, you get that? I get it a lot. Wow. Um, and it's always a positive experience. Wow. Because like, if you're someone in like, if you're someone who like puts themselves on camera. Right. Let's face it, you're doing it because you like the attention. Oh, sure. So it it makes me think that, like walking up to someone while they're at dinner with their kids is one thing, but don't be afraid to walk up to someone and just politely be, hey, I love your stuff. Keep, keep it up. Like, people always Yeah, I don't like think that. I would mind that. It's just like, I, I don't but know. But no, I understand like the being the too intimidated or like, I don't want to bother. I don't want to bother people, yeah. I'm just putting it out there and like maybe there's like actual celebrities who are hearing this. I hope, um, who are like, don't fucking say that. I want to, I want to be left alone, but as just for me projecting my own experiences and, and Josh, who's got Josh, my girlfriend, who is more clout than I do, I would say, would it, would it now? we've been together for since June of 21. So almost uh, two years. Is this the longest relationship ever? Yes. Wow. And it's weird because uh, we, um, this is why a lot of you are here to hear about Josh. Um, it's weird because, like, we never. Uh, one of the reasons it's been successful is we never like rushed into anything. It right. just kind of like happened. It's like, oh, well, now we're living together. Yeah, it's like year ten. I'm in year ten with my wife, and it was just one of those things. Like, yeah, I guess we live together now. So it's like, it's like, oh, I guess you live here. It wasn't like a thing where it was like a big. I don't know about her living here and all that. It's just like, oh, well, you live here. I guess we married now. Ultimately, <laughs> what I, what I think the deal is with long term relationships is is like someone you can stand to be silent with, or like someone who's like, presence. oh, you don't speak anymore. It, 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 I didn't quite mean <laughs> that, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like their presence doesn't make you sick after a while, which we've all been in that. It's like, and, and just as important, your presence doesn't make make them sick. Yeah, which I'm shocked by. <laughs> I'm shocked that she hasn't been sickened by me. I, I am too. Like I, I do have that. Like one of my animating principles is like some degree of like anxiety and self-loathing and like the whole Woody Allen. I would never want to be in a a club that would. 
have me as its member or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. This is uh, self hate. I'm all about the self hate. Um, and plus, it's just like I'm on the spectrum, so I don't recognize. Are you on the spectrum? I am on the spectrum. I found that out, which is a surprise to nobody. <laughs> uh, you're so uh, uh, funny, and like I, I know, I know that because I hyper fixate on being funny. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and we both know that like, people. Uh, we're two people who are generally like the funny guy when we're in a room. I, I would say. Uh. Sometimes it depends. You're a funny guy, Brent. Don't 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 step on my my fucking bit here. Um, but like a lot of most people who are funny, they are that way as a way of like garnering positive attention from themselves because either because they don't like themselves or oh yeah. Um, I'm on the Lexa Pro. <laughs> I just I just went on uh, Wellbutrin. Better so, living through uh, pharmacology. I think I'm ready to switch because I've been on this for a few years and I don't think it's got the same efficacy as it usually used to have i don't know i just like or maybe it is and i just don't realize i don't i don't have to have been any more depressed lately i just want something that zonk me is there something that's good that would make me a little zonked just a little zonked low dose heroin yeah but i mean something that won't kill me right right, right. <laughs> just something that keeps me a little bit just a little turned i just want to be a little turned throughout the day <clears throat> so i want low level high like you know i don't drink anymore i haven't drank in like a year I've got um, nine. What, what made you stop? Uh, diabetes. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm all fucked up. It's, uh, so right now, I'm on the spectrum. Well, I'll, put, I'll put a little diabetes.org or whatever thing right here. Yeah, right. Uh, diabetes. Yeah, so it's I just, not just for breakfast anymore. Yeah, so I just don't drink. And it's not like, it wasn't like a decision. It's like, I can't drink no more. It's just like, I wasn't like enjoying drinking anymore either. Because it was one of those things like, as you get older, that hangover. After 25, you don't know what a fucking hangover is before 25. Yeah. Like, you could drink too much and, like, have a headache the next day. Like, oh, I was so hungover. Then you turn 25, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is... It's unbelievable. And it gets progressively worse the older you get. I was 37 when, when I stopped drinking. And for me, it wasn't like... It was like, if I don't stop drinking, I'm going to, like, right, be in it wasn't, jail. Like, it, no, no one was like, why did you stop drinking? Everyone's like, oh, good. Yeah, it was just like, I just, it's just like, do I have two days to recover? And usually at this age, you don't. Yeah. It's just like, I don't have two days where I just walk around like a zombie. I just don't have that time. So. I, I really don't miss drinking at all. at all. Mostly because, like, I miss, like, I don't miss hangovers. And I don't miss, like, you know, racking my brain as to what I did the night before that was embarrassing. That I, can, oh, that I can have yeah. shame oh. over for... Well, I would always drink to excess because it's just like the insecurity thing. It's just like, I can't I can't be around people. I've, I've always... I always I remember you when we were younger as like someone who would party. You're certainly not like a oh. prude. But I never thought of you as like, well, Frank's got a problem. No, I, I'm a... If, if, it's one of those things. If there happens to be some cocaine here... <laughs> I'm Don't, not going to be rude to the host. <laughs> cocaine is illegal and it's very bad. Horrible. I, I never once ever did it. No. Uh, not even in a hotel room with, with Frank. <laughs> no, we've never done one that. One strange night with. Oof. oof, that was a weird night. <laughs> that was one of the. Yeah, that was like. Yeah, but those were few and far between for me. Like I never like that was just like all right. I did that one night and then. Well, that's the thing as a, as a quote sober person. What I wish more sober people would realize is that there are people who can do drugs, and drink to excess sometimes. Who can do it in a way that I don't want to say healthy, but isn't doesn't ruin their life. I'm it like, doesn't become like the, the the cornerstone of their existence. Just because I don't drink, 
doesn't mean the rest of the world can't drink. They ain't stopping anyway. But oh. but who do you think you are? Like most people, in fact, most people can even like do like there are people who do like hard drugs, just like eh, whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I had a good time, and then now I, I'm gonna go go about my life. Yeah, I experimented a lot. Like I did acid. That was fun. Like I like I just had. I you know it was I wasn't a big drug person, but I was friends with a lot of people who were, and who had to like, actually make a decision. You know what I mean? Just right, like right. Oh, okay, this has got to change. <laughs> Something's got to change. It's just like, all right, it's cool. Uh, you can like if you were the rest of that. The, the friend group, <laughs> the friend group that I know you from. Yeah, like there were there were drugs around. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think we were crazy people. Like we were just like, oh, oh I guess we're getting high tonight. I was the of, of that crew. I was probably the worst one. Yeah, it yeah. might be a tie. Yeah, <laughs> but, but hey. now you focus it into yourself. I, and well, and I I, I abuse uh, cannabis from time to time. Weed is good. I, I not as much as I used to, but I that's the only thing I can do because it's the only thing that's like okay, it's not a time issue. It's not a time commitment. I just the thing is, I like before I quit drinking, I just kind of stopped smoking weed, not because of like I got to stop weed, just because I, I I stopped enjoying it very much. Yeah. Um. So now like, I'll do it every once in a while, and then, like people are like, "Well, you're not sober." It's like, okay, fine. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I uh... actually, this was uh my next. The, the next person I'm interviewing is a friend of mine who's a, uh, he's a drug counselor. One of my oldest friends from high school. Mm. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't know. And I was going to drop the news to him live because he would definitely, he's, he's some, he's a, and he's like a drug counselor of note. His name's Frank Greening. He's going to be my next guest. Um, I've never told one of my closest friends. I've never told him that I've been abusing in his estimation, what, what he would call it, marijuana for the past Two, three years. So that should be some fire Jerry Springer content. Oh, so he might uh, poo-poo that, you're saying? Or I, I'm sure. Or set you straight. I'm, I'm sure he will. I, oh, I, I just find that interesting. But no, he's smart. Like, I remember I would talk to him periodically when I was, like, thinking about getting sober. And he was always cool. He's like, no, you don't have to go, go to AA. Or, like, he, you know, let's, he, 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 he's, you know, I'm not, like, worried about this. But it's going to be interesting. And like me filming a, he's like somebody who, who works in public policy. If if um, MSNBC or Fox or CNN needs to like interview a guy about a drug policy, right? They'll because oh of he's the, like a talking head on those shows. Yeah, like not oh, full wow. time, but like I guess if they he's been because, on well those guys they'll call like he's on uh, somebody well, even like be on the desk. We're like, an expert about like drug policy. He was on like Chris Christie, who was used to be the governor of New Jersey's. Uh, Chris Christie was a public. My friend's a Democrat. In case people care about these things, um, the, he he was on like a task, so he's like public policy um, <clears throat> knowledge of of like drugs and stuff. So I'm I'm excited to have him on, and he's like, it'll be a lot like talking to Frank, just someone I know for a long time. It'll, mm. Also, another guy named Frank, so, two Franks in a row. So you've become like a social media darling in like the last few years, which is weird. It's just like cause I never you weren't like a guy who was like big into social media. No, I'll tell you what happened. How I became the word I now use is content influencer. Oh, I want to be an influencer so bad. I want to be a horror influencer. That's what I'm trying to well, do with my show. You got the hair. You got the look. You got a you got a nice face. You got the mustache. Yeah. You had those glasses. Yeah, I didn't put them on for this, but I was like, I don't know why I forgot to put. Them but on. you could make a TikTok. Just I, I honestly, it would be so easy. For, you could just film yourself talking about any topic you want to for three minutes. And clip it into high pip. And clip it into eight second uh, 
eight second little digestible bits and bam there's your TikTok. Yeah, we 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 that's the funny thing and we're trying to do like, at least for a means of promoting your podcast it it can't hurt. I know. I, it's just that I spend so much time editing and doing the show that's just like I just don't have the time to like curate another social media thing. I just keep I, I understand I but consider this. I get I agree. I agree if, you're right. If you were someone who I didn't think could do that and it would mostly be because you're not interesting or good looking enough. I wouldn't be like, no, you should do this. So when I tell you like, you should do this and you will be successful, what, you know, I'm sure that's well, the dogs. Hi, doggy. Peppy. <clears throat> my dog. The, uh, the, still keep talking. The, hey, the podcast I recorded with uh, my hey. dog had my dog snoring the whole way. This is much more soothing. She's just a, she's a, <clears throat> a recurring theme of my podcast is loud dogs. They, sometimes they're big like Nina. Sometimes they're a little like Pip. Speaking of TikTok stars, we have uh, oh Pippet is Pip. uh, kind of Pippet McMuffin at uh, TikTok. She's uh, she's uh, my wife deals with all her stuff, all her stuff. Yeah, I gotta do social uh, TikTok. We've talked about it. It's just one. Of we those have things. a wife who's a TikToker, so right. She knows how to. She knows the algorithm. Well, no one knows the, the algorithm's changing. That's a big reason why I'm getting into YouTube because really? I, I think TikTok might be on its last legs. Really? I think the government's going to ban it sooner or later. Oh, is that still we, up in the air because of well, China? Whatever. We've had two consecutive administrations put that out there as an idea. So all it would take, if like the situation with China were to deteriorate further, that's such an easy red meat thing for a president to throw out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's just also like it, it, the app doesn't, the money's on YouTube. Right, there's no money, like, cause like we we look at the numbers from like Tix videos, and she does pretty well. Like, there's not a lot of money in it. They don't, the the creator fund doesn't pay, like even doesn't pay shit. Yeah. Even Charlie Demelio or whatever, I'm sure she's making like six figures, but you would think she'd be making for the sheer numbers she does, she'd be making millions from it. I'm sure she's making millions from everything else, but just in terms of like, uh, like, basically what I use TikTok for is to generate traffic for me, which then leads people to my paid adult site. Subtle plug for it right here. Uh, not for everybody, but maybe it's for you. Uh, yeah, that's right. You make your own smut now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's a whole. Uh, I'm talking about falling ass backwards into something easy, like something I would do for free. Listen, in front of, if I, I just, thought there was a market for like anything for me, I would totally jump into that. I just know that well, there is. Well, you'd be surprised because with, uh, especially particularly with gay men, who's my bread and butter, they. Uh, there's someone of every taste. Okay. And and you know you were, the mustache might help. Couldn't hurt. And like you're whether you know it or not, you have like good features. Oh, thank you. So you have a nice face to look at. Doesn't mean I want to have sex with you. In fact, I really, really, really yes. don't. No offense. <clears throat> um, but you know, my if wife like, says the same thing. If, hey, your wife's pretty. So would she be? <laughs> would she be hanging out with some? Right. Some chud. <laughs> Chud, for those who don't know, was a, a monster movie from 1984, and Chuds were these monsters that lived in the sewers, and Chud stood for... Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. I'm, I'm glad. I, this is why Autism. I want to do a podcast with this guy, because <laughs> I knew he'd have Chud right there. We didn't prepare. There was no Chud preparation. There's a sequel, which I enjoy more, called... Chud 2? With Bud the Chud. I like, didn't see that. I do remember vaguely Bud the it's, Chud. It's more of a it's more of a comedy, and Garrett Graham plays Bud, and he's fantastic. If you like Garrett Graham, and most people don't, but if you're a weird hard, if you're a weird cult film person like me, I actually don't know who name, Garrett Graham is. He was that. He played Beef in Phantom of the Paradise. 
Uh, he's in Chopping Mall. He's in a lot. You've, you, you'll look at his face and go, it, oh, that, that guy. guy. <clears throat> I love that guy. Um, <laughs> See, I, this is what I do on my show. I alienate the audience by <laughs> just yeah. bringing up, hey, here's an actor who was in movies you've never heard of. <laughs> Bro, you just alienated me, and I'm a fucking huge nerd. <laughs> These, these Gen Z... So I, if you like being completely out of the conversation, listen to Zoning Out on Buddy FM. It is very funny. I listened to it on the way over here. Um, quickly, since anyone listening this far is probably going to make... If, if, if they stayed through Cocoon. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, we're very simpatico on the Rocky and the Creed movies. And, oh, right, yeah. and what you said, the, the thing I agree with most was, I want a Rocky movie to make me cry. Yeah, and like, and Rocky Balboa delivered in spades. I said, my, as soon as the movie starts, is we're talking about on my last episode of Zoning Out, we were covering an episode about boxing, and it just spun into a conversation about the Rocky films. And I had, within the group, a very controversial ranking order. Uh, I don't think it is. I mean, I think... Uh, Do your rankings. So Rocky is number one. Obviously. Now, this is where like, I lost a few people. It was Creed, I think, is number two. Interesting. That, that is a hot take. That is a I hot like take. I like Creed a lot. That's a but, hot take. But okay, but I'll get but back. On. I'll circuit back to it. Uh, Rocky uh, Balboa is three. Rocky three. Rocky four. Uh, Creed two. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! Did I skip two? You did yeah. skip two. So three, then two, then four, then then Creed two, then wherever I, I don't know if I skipped one, but five's the last. I haven't seen Creed 3 yet, so I'll leave it I mean, either, so that's why. And 5 is obviously last, but I, I remember having this conversation with you. We, we can all go on and on about how bad Rocky 5 was, but how many times have you seen Rocky 5, Frank? Be honest. Oh, God. Dozens. <laughs> Dozens, yeah. I, I've watched 45 minutes of that movie at least 30 times, and I, I've seen it beginning to end. It's weird. I have movies I hate, but if it's on, I say, ah, shit. I, I don't... I'm just how, sucking right back in. How much could we hate it if we've seen it I don't think I times? hate I don't think it's I hate good, It's not good, but it's still rocky. Yeah, it's still rocky. It's better, for instance... It's more watchable, for instance, than the Star Wars prequels. More... Would you rather have... You got two the hours... prequels or the sequels? The prequels. See, I could... I could... Would you rather... Okay. I've softened on the prequels. I, I have two in a big way, but would okay. you rather sit through episode one right now or Rocky Five? Oh, Rocky Five. Right. It's it's a very watchable movie. So, it's very watchable. So let me do my rankings. Number one, I'll go with Rocky One, because it, it, okay. it's what started all. One best picture. Uh, I'm listening. What a darling, charming movie. Number well, two, and here's my controversial take, it's Rocky Four. I, that is a weird, controversial pick, and we've talked about this a lot. It, it's a pop masterpiece. It is. Um, Sylvester Stallone is a very underrated filmmaker because that, that movie, say what you will about it, but that the MTV style editing, everything about that movie is slick, doesn't look dated, looks brand new 40 years later. It's funny. Uh, we were talking, John's like, it's a music video. And I said to its detriment, he meant that. And I was like, that's what I love about it. It's a, one of the best music videos. If that's what you want to characterize it's it. So watchable. It's phenomenally well so made. So watchable. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Happy birthday. Also, it's a technically a science fiction film. Yeah. Because that is a a robot with sophisticated artificial we intelligence. We still don't have that technology that yeah, they yeah. showed in the movie that like it's commercially available. Okay, so I got one, then I got four. And I love Rocky Four. I would say four if I wasn't worried about getting canceled as my number one. But I'll go number one, then four. It's four is my favorite, one's the best. Number three, here's where it gets interesting. <clears throat> 
I guess Rocky three, then Creed one, <clears throat> then Rocky two, then uh, no, then Rocky Balboa, then Rocky two, and then what am I missing here? Uh, Rocky five. five. Okay, then five. And Creed two. And Creed two. Creed two was fine. I remember. It's okay. I saw it in a, in the theater with actually my friend Frank, who I'm interviewing next week and you looked over me after the the cold open mm-hmm. where it's like where it's like with, with drago and he just looks over me and he goes strong opening <laughs> <laughs> i love how fucking so matter of fact yeah, that was strong opening <laughs> um yeah it wasn't great though and and i will see it's I'm, fun here's the thing about that series it's a strong overall series. I'd say it's the most successful, like, long-term series in terms of quality. Yeah. Dare I say, it's a different scale of good. It's not nearly as good. I would say, maybe I'll get canceled for this, but the Fast and the Furious series oh, is... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Podcast over. I don't like those movies either. How many have you seen? Uh, I saw the first... I saw the first one. The first one is Point Break with Cars. Yes. Three is Tokyo Drift, which I remember enjoying at the time. I liked Tokyo Drift. Then four, which is Fast and Furious, which I think was like kind of like a soft reboot of the Which series. is when the series as we know it began. And yeah. then and then five, I think, is the best one. Five is I love five. The Brazil one? Yeah. Where they're like dragging. Dragon safes, yeah, it's fantastic. <clears throat> uh then I've I think I've seen it doesn't sound like you hate this series, Frank. No, I don't. I don't. I just don't. They don't stick with me. There's a lot of yammering. The, they're, for movies that are kind of like just they're they're very meat and potatoes action films. There's a lot of talking. Fair enough. <laughs> they, they are very ephemeral, and they're they're very they're not important at all. Certainly not as important as maybe it's because we're at time. But the Rocky movies are that's an important film. I'm just saying as a as a series that never really suffered like. When you watch Fast, oh. I didn't see Fast Nine or Fast Ten, but I have a pretty good idea how good it's going to be, and it's probably going to be a digestible uh, two hours. Yeah, I don't think they're bad. I mean, they're fine. I, they're not my cup of tea. I wish there was more practical effects in all of them. That's why I always get. That's why I like Five the best because I had the most stuff where at least it didn't seem like a very post effects heavy. Where I like where it's just like I love car stunts and I want to see like I think I think objectively. Uh, the be- like a, a movie that has better car stunts than any of the Fast and the Furious movies is the Dukes of Hazard movie from a few years. From I believe like, it. The, the car stunts in that are fucking insane. I, I didn't see it. I, I only remember maybe I should see it because Jessica Simpson was the hottest thing on earth at the time. Strike in that movie. Like it's like it's like it's hard. Two thousand and five. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Simpson. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Moment of silence. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Knoxville's. Uh, Attempt at a movie career, sorry, didn't work out. Is it is it good that movie? People hate it. I think it's disposable. It's 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 from the it's basically from the Broken Lizard guys, the guys who made uh, uh, Super Troopers and that. And if you fight, I love Super Troopers and if you like that, it's that house style of comedy. So if you like that, and I like like Jackass. And I think Jessica Simpson, particularly then, was hot. So it sounds like... And I liked the TV show when I was a kid. I remember, like, the big backlash about that movie. It was like, she can't act. Like, who, who cares? It's like, wow. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, really? You really blew the case wide open. <laughs> you, got, you got me. So it's an agreeable... I think it's comedy. fine. I okay. think it's... I, I remember seeing it. I'm like, this is the movie everybody says is a piece of shit. Like, first of all, on, again, the stunts are phenomenal. Like, mind-blowing stunts. I actually knew a sound guy who worked on that, and he said like he was telling me about how they rigged the cars to do certain things, and it was crazy. 
So it was well made from a technical. On a technical point, I think it's fantastic. As it's I, Reynolds. It's as Burt I, Reynolds is Boss Hog. Come on. As I get older and uh, practical effects have gone the way of the dodo more and more. Mm. Maybe in 2014 or something on Netflix, I put on Lethal Weapon 3 for whatever reason, which might be, it's not the best Lethal Weapon movie, but it's okay. I like them all. There is a scene on the LA freeway where Mel Gibson... Is that when he's in the house, the house that's being driven? Well, he's in a motorcycle. He's in a, it's a motorcycle chase where he's going against traffic on the LA freeway and it was like breathtaking. I'm like, wow, you don't see this, this anymore. Amazing and like stunts in those series. Richard Donner was a, was a say what you will about. It. He made very well, good. Say what? He's fucking he's a, a great, great filmmaker. Tracker. Like yeah, Superman the movie. <sighs> Superman the movie, The Omen. Like he didn't have like uh, even Mavericks a lot of fun. Mavericks with, with Mel Gibson and yeah. and uh, Jodie Foster and Lee Garner. What's his name? James Garner. James Garner. Who's <clears throat> <laughs> Lee Garner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More Gen X talk. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have we been going on here? I don't know. Uh, let me see. 42? 45. Perfect. Let's, let's go like another five.